so this cold open isn't about a door this time. <laughs> hey, go us. <laughs> Which is sad because a door seems like such an appropriate opening. Oh, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> I guess it would make more of an appropriate closing, but that's fair. Roll credits. <laughs> I'm Heidi, I'm Rory, and I am trying. We're pretty obsessed with books and movies and music, and every episode we talk about ones that we enjoy. Be warned, there are spoilers ahead. Oh, yeah. It's my book this week. Uh, it's, oh, gosh. We're not an ASMR podcast. Ugh. However, it is my turn to introduce the book. And by turn, I mean it came up. This week, The Big Sleep by Raymond Chandler. Since it's your book, would you like to read the back or shall I? I shall read the back. And this time we actually have the same edition. Yay. This book came out in 1939. Oh, dang. Okay. Oh, dang. (laughs) All right. When a dying millionaire hires Philip Marlowe to handle the blackmailer of one of his two troublesome daughters, Marlowe finds himself involved with more than extortion. Kidnapping, pornography, seduction, and murder are just a few of the complications he gets caught up in. Ah, oh, yep, that's about right. Ah, yep. <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 also, mm-hmm. this book is 231 pages, and that is not everything that he gets caught up in. Like, yeah. Plot twists? <laughs> plot twist! <laughs> like, yeah. Trying to describe this book, I'm like, and then this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens. It's like, this could easily be stretched out to like an entire season yeah like this could be a netflix miniseries <laughs> yeah not even a miniseries <laughs> like a one season yeah like this could be a one season yeah oh why doesn't netflix get the rights to all the chandler novels and just make season 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 please netflix anyway. netflix listen up do that <laughs> oh yes oh yes 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 it's so this is another one of those quotable books, but it's a detective novel and it's a f- it's a noir, like a true yeah. noir novel. And those are always really fun. And it's great because he's so shady, <laughs> sarcastic all the time. Like there are great one liners. These two. These two <laughs> quotes are on the same page. <laughs> the white made the ivory look dirty and the ivory made the white look bled out. She was worth a stare. She was trouble. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. So this book is about a detective who is hired to retrieve some photographs of the younger of the two Sternwood daughters. Right. And the Sternwood daughters are described not particularly kindly by their father. (laughs) I took a photo of the description of them. Vivian is spoiled, exacting, smart, and quite ruthless. Carmen is a child who likes to pull wings off flies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, neither of those are good descriptions. So... Philip is hired to get Carmen out of the f- the trouble she's in with the photos, but then he finds out Vivian's in trouble for gambling, and also Vivian's husband is missing. Hey. And also they're both in serious actual trouble, and General Sternwood is wheelchair-bound and old and dying, and so they're very much playing the, we can get out of big trouble long enough for Daddy to die? Yep. Yeah, that's fair. That very much feels like the game the Sternwood daughters are playing. But they... They're playing. Oh, they're playing a game. Mm-hmm. Carmen is a child. Who likes to pull wings off of flies. Mm-hmm. 
Hey. Yeah, I met her when I came in. She tried to sit in my lap standing up. <laughs> Is uh, That's actually a line from the film. They added mm. the standing up, and I'm like, yeah, that's great. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite little, like, oh, okay, is uh, they found this car. And so this description is, a nice new uh, Buick sedan all messed up with sand and seawater, dot, 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 dot. Oh, I almost forgot. There's a guy inside it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Right. The kind of book that this is is uh, neither of the two people in the room paid any attention to the way I came in, although only one of them was dead. Uh, that's that's like this book mm-hmm. in a sentence. Yeah, Chandler's known for uh, killing off a lot of people. What's weird is, at least in this book, and I haven't read all the Chandlers, it doesn't feel like he's disposing of people because he doesn't know what to do with them. Right. So for the high body count, it almost it still works for me. As opposed yeah. to feeling like, why are there so many dead people? Why are they all dying? <laughs> in the in the story, uh, Carmen is is involved in getting drugged, and then photos are being taken that are that are pornographic in nature uh, for the '30s, for sure. Yeah, and so he ends up like trying to bust up a porn ring, <laughs> and finds out the older sister doesn't really care. Her sister's in porn. She just doesn't want her to get caught at it too badly uh, because Vivian has a huge gambling debt and it's all just a huge mess and both of the Sternwood sisters are trying to keep Marlo off of their scent uh, off of what they're really up to and all the things they're up to and uh, they both try to sleep with him a bunch of times and the fact that they all try to sleep with him and that he's so resistant for the era makes me think that uh, Philip Marlowe is secretly asexual yep yep yeah like <laughs> the whole plot hinges yeah. on everybody trying to have sex with somebody or trying to <laughs> sell the sex yeah. of somebody and marlo's just over here like i'm a detective i don't play at it like i'm good <laughs> you can have a hangover for more than alcohol i had one from women they made me sick <laughs> I'm just like uh. that is not the tone of a man who's particularly interested in the sternwood girls yeah no and to be fair, they're not exactly the kind of people you'd want to get involved with. No. <laughs> no. That sounds they're like the wrong answer. They're not the Skylers. There's no fringe benefit. No, 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 no. <laughs> this isn't like a, oh. You, you want them all. Let's see which one you can get. Like, this is a, mm, I'm, I'm good. Ah, uh, nah, honey, I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> They're just when when someone's dad describes them as exacting and ruthless. Yeah. Uh, Whoa. (laughs) Whoa there. One of the quotes, one of the other quotes that are kind of just what? And also make me admire this writer so much. (laughs) That is, I don't know if he meant to make this pun and I don't know if everybody catches it, but I most certainly did. Is a. It's a joke that ends up also being another joke that just makes me very happy. Uh, Somebody asks, you do sell books. And she says, what do they look like? Grapefruit? She inquired tartly. (laughs) 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 That is absolutely on purpose. Most definitely. He's describing a picture of a knight 
who is supposed to be rescuing a damsel who is only covered by hair. The knight had pushed the visor of his helmet back to be sociable, and he was fiddling with the knots on the ropes that tied the lady to the tree and not getting anywhere. I stood there and thought that if I lived in that house, I would sooner or later have to climb up there and help him. He didn't seem to be really trying. <laughs> Again, <laughs> that happens on page f- uh, the second page of the book. Hey. I feel like he's ace. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, that that's his thought? It's like, okay. Yeah. Also, he does a really good job of having different people talk differently. Like, yeah. Marlo's super uh, snarky and witty. Carmen Sternwood has a very limited vocabulary. Oh, yes. <laughs> Vivian, even reading the book, you can... You can hear the cigarettes. Yeah. And you can hear kind of that smooth Elizabeth Taylor yeah. growl. Um, for anyone listening that's like, eh, I know Elizabeth Taylor didn't play her in the film. This is the novel. <laughs> <laughs> Additionally, General Sternwood, one of the greatest paragraphs yes. of our time. A nice state of affairs when a man has to indulge his vices by proxy, he said dryly. You are looking at a very dull survival of a rather gaudy life, a cripple paralyzed in both legs and with only half of his lower belly. There's very little that I can eat, and my sleep is so close to waking that it's hardly worth the name. I seem to exist largely on heat, like a newborn spider, and the orchids are an (laughs) excuse for the heat. Do you like orchids? Not particularly, I said. The general half closed his eyes. They are nasty things. Their flesh is too much like the flesh of men, and their perfume has the rotten sweetness of a prostitute. (laughs) <laughs> oh my gosh who hurt you <laughs> general sternwood who hurt you <laughs> uh, you pay too much attention to orchids well he doesn't have much going for him i know but <laughs> calm down <laughs> there's not Ugh. that much he's got you know beneficial If I sound a little sinister as a parent, Mr. Marlowe, it is because my hold on life is too slight to include any Victorian hypocrisy. He leaned his head back and closed his eyes, then opened them again suddenly. I need not add that a man who indulges in parenthood for the first time at the age of 54 deserves all he gets. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I didn't have time, and I'm not going to pretend I did. I don't know what the body count in this book is. I'm going to aim 10. Yeah, that sounds about right. At least. Yeah. Not counting people who die off the page, like whose deaths yeah, no. are indicated, but not we don't ever meet them. And yeah. We don't care about them. Or nor care about them. <laughs> yeah. My favorite is just how many, like, kind of small lull quotes there are in here. Oh, like, yeah. I have three right now. Oh, wait. Do I have more than three? Nope. I have, like, three that are kind of just, like, disconnected. You don't really even need to know what's going on. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. just kind of be happy when you hear it. But there's one that is another army of sluggish minutes dragged by. I very much like that one. Oh, yes, yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. There's that one. And then there's the phone clicked and I s- sat holding it with savage patience. Mm-hmm. The phrase savage patience is... Uh- the best and i want to use it all the time always i can feel it in my entire body i i like it it's fun and then his office had the musty smell of years of routine (laughs) all of those are good (laughs) but i would like to add to your list 
the world was a wet emptiness. Yes. <laughs> also, Hashtag mood. They're talking about an incident. Incident? <laughs> incident. <laughs> they're talking about an incident. Incident. They're talking about an incident, and they're just at like, you know, the phrase is the incident closed, and he says tight as a vault with a busted time lock. <laughs> Ooh, yikes! Oh dear! Oh dear me! Don't dear dear, oh, no, dear, no, dear no 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 no. Also, I love how this book plays with color, like the way that it describes color and light and shadow. Yeah. Um. Almost all of the scenes that have really great color descriptions also spoil everything. Yeah. But suffice it to say, we get some jade earrings, we get some red kimonos, we get some, and oddly enough, it's not even in anything kinky. We get a lot of blue pastels in the Sternwood house and uh, light and shadow again and um, a ton of stained glass Mm -hmm. and broken glass and all kinds of cool stuff. And I am very strongly a believer this movie needs to be made again. Set in the 30s, uh, just in color. Yeah. Instead of in black and white because of how much color is is in the story. Unlike Maltese Falcon, which is normally compared to this, the movies came out back to back. Humphrey Bogart starred in both. And the novels came out like right Right. on top of each other. Um, Maltese Falcon is like, it's raining at night. It's raining at night. Like (laughs) the most noir sentence that you could ever see. Yeah. Or here. Yeah, it's like very dark. And this book is like, I'm wearing a light blue suit and a light blue shirt and my nice white spats, and I'm sober. I'm hanging out in my color, having mm-hmm. some fun. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh, I'm sorry, just this description. It's a terrible transition, but I saw the quote and I needed to say it. The blonde was strong with the madness of love or fear, or a mixture of both. Or maybe she was just strong. <laughs> you know what maybe she was just strong maybe maybe okay um, maybe i'm being dramatic maybe she's just strong <laughs> yeah maybe i'm just a sissy his voice was the elaborately casual voice of the tough guy in pictures pictures have made them all like that <sighs> yep 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 that's actually i don't i feel like every gangster book i've read or a crime book has a character mentioned that someone is acting like how people act in the movies, and I'm like, wow, right. meta, <laughs> meta. <laughs> oh, one of my favorite Vivian quotes, just because it explains Vivian like kind of to a T and how she talks. But you should see she's talking about a uh, Larry Cobb, Mister Larry Cobb. <clears throat> you should see him sober. I should see him sober. Somebody should see him sober. I mean, just for the record. So it could become a part of history, that brief flashing moment, soon buried in time, but never forgotten, when Larry Cobb was sober. (laughs) 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 We are very different actors with a very different style, and I feel like the only role that we could ever go head-to-head for (laughs) is for the role of Vivian Vivian Sternwood. (laughs) Yep, yep, yep. The only one that it would be like, it's down to those two. Yeah. Because uh, either of us could play Carmen, just like in a stage adaptation of Big Sleep, side note. Yeah. But uh, it'd be a, a strange case of like, well, that's interesting casting. Yeah. <laughs> well, who did not show up to the audition? <laughs> <laughs> who did show up to the audition? <laughs> <laughs> Clearly not an <laughs> Oh, no, I, 
can't play Carmen. I have, I, I have, I have tattoos. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Carmen has to be exposed. Well, by the age I would be able to play Carmen, I would also have tattoos. So, Vivian, it is. <laughs> Vivian, it is. <laughs> Exacting and ruthless. Yeah. Exactly what I want a casting director to think when I walk in. <laughs> the perfect first impression. <laughs> oh, another thing said about Mr. Cobb on the next page of the other quote was uh, they don't want to see him die with his mouth open basically so someone might think he died of thirst and then the just like some servant type guy just says not if they sniff not if they sniffed him miss (laughs) (laughs) the fact that it ends with miss makes it that much better Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well and also since she's supposedly a married woman yeah that's real shady. <laughs> this is one of those classic Raymond Chandler digs. The black Sternwood eyes got large and empty. It was her turn not to say anything. <laughs> not to listen. Just not to say anything. I think you Don't. should be quiet now, Vivian. Don't speak, Don't. Vivian. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> An excellent Great. Good, great. Cool, 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 cool. Given that this book has a stupid high body count, I feel like is is all the preparation you need to watch the movie of the week? The Case of the Gilded Lily, which ends with a character saying, and we did it without one shot fired nor one man down. They are definitely picking on lots of noirs, but this is a big one. What cuties? Can they you also tell us? Can you tell the lovely listeners at home about the case of the Gilded Lily? The premise. Well, it's great. That's not a premise. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. I think it's a great premise. <laughs> Premise. <laughs> First of all, it's perfect. Second First of all, the it's plot. Great. Don't you? Dare, don't you dare judge my premise. <laughs> well, it's kind of a, uh, it's kind of just a mystery detective story, but it's very like a comedy, like it's noir-ish, it's noir based, but it's very much like a comedy. It's very funny, and there's uh, what what are their names again? Fig and Ford. Uh, yes. So they yeah. are. Uh, well, the movie, short film, is a production of Shipwrecked Comedy, which is yes. Sean and Sinead Prasad, our writers. And then uh, they also have two other members of the production team who both produce and costume and mm-hmm. do other stuff, Mary-Kate Wiles and Sarah Grace Hart. Hey. So the Prasads have two names and the other two have three names. It's great. That's how you remember. <laughs> yep. But uh, <laughs> um, Fig comes to Ford Phillips to uh, help out her friend who's using a false name in Hollywood and has uh, been blackmailed. Oh, good. Blackmail. And you think it's going to be bad blackmail, but no, she's being blackmailed that someone has found out she's using a fake name. Yeah. Like, that's that's it. That's the whole... (laughs) That's the blackmail. Mm Mm-hmm. Her name is Lily Thomas. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. That's just how you say it. And (laughs) she's going by Wilhelmina Vanderjetsky. Which is... A great name. If you're going to go for a fake name, do it right, which she did. 
She went for such a fake name. Oh, it's great. And she is the heiress of uh, Fake Landia. You know, they really go for it in this oh, show. Yeah. They really <laughs> kind of really just get in there. Indicate a little bit. And it is so clever. Mm-hmm. And very approachably clever. It doesn't feel like I have to have seen every noir film to understand the jokes. Right. I just have to have seen a noir film to yeah. get 90% of them. Yeah. Uh, the fact that I have seen more than one means I got those extra 10%. But most <laughs> of them I got hey. on, on one film. Yeah. Um, and they the camera angles and the music style. They have one song kind of shoehorned in the way it always is. Yes. Well, it's, it's also... <laughs> Actually, the song has been mentioned before on this podcast. Looky there. Well, it's the uh, change of scene. Mm-hmm. It was a break of the week a few weeks ago. Episode one. Hey. Uh-huh. <laughs> Bringing it back. But yeah, that that's kind of just in there. And uh, then they use it for all the scene transitions. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's a change of scene. It's so hey. great. And it's so, so clearly ready to be transitioned to stage because we already have scene change music. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's perfect. It's so good. Can uh, all scene change music ever just be replaced by change of scene? <laughs> honestly, honestly. I mean. I'm 100% in favor of that. I'm behind it. Uh, the Let's only start a petition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's t- Let's do it. Uh, I also really like small production team things. I mm-hmm. think they're fun. And yeah. it's like it's fun to see the shipwrecked comedy people switching yeah. it up and kind of playing very different characters because they wrote very different characters right. for themselves. Uh, and to be like, ah, all of the leads are also the producers and also the costumers and also the writers. Yep. And that's just really cool. Uh, they it's don't direct fun. or edit or compose the music, which is smart. Yeah. Because <laughs> self-directing is... Fun. <laughs> Editing yourself is fun. Yeah, shipwrecked is is tied pretty closely to Tin Can Brothers, as well as you know other YouTube stuff like Whitney Avalon, mm-hmm. and so it's fun to see everybody crossing over and doing it's everybody's so projects. Great. I love it. They're just, they're fun, and they do projects together. Mm-hmm. It's so great. Well, the horse trade that was Spizer Forever to, <laughs> uh, which will be talked about at length at another time, Yes, Spizer Forever to the case of the Gilded Lily, uh, was great. Yes. So good. Yes, 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 yes. More hard data on Gilded Lily. Things you like, go. One of my favorite quotes. I like leaning passive-aggressively in doorways. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Used quite often. All of Fig Weinshine, played by Sinead. Yeah. All of her lines are so good. They're great. I love them. Oh. Mm-hmm. Also, another like favorite thing about the about the short film, mm-hmm. calling things film just feels. I feel weird for saying it. Do I you feel pre- like I'm not allowed to say it. <laughs> I feel like I need a degree to say the word film. Would you prefer <laughs> mini movie? No, I would not. <laughs> I would not prefer mini movie. Thank you very much. Well, then call it a short film. Uh, a short film? <clears throat> oh, yeah. Okay. So one of my favorite things about this uh, mini movie 
is the bar, the bar mm-hmm. has a uh, cookie jar. Yeah. Bigsby's got <laughs> <cookie>. everything. Bigsby. <laughs> also, I love that there is no music group in yeah. the bar. There's just a pianist. Because if we're going to call uh, things mini movies, we're also going to bring back music group. <coughs> <coughs> we're not an asmr podcast it felt right (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't help it if you're gonna call things music groups and mini movies i gotta cough (laughs) it's just it's the rules and i'm a follower i am a follower you are very much a rules person uh claudette knickerbocker I'm really <laughs> hoping they make more just so that we can get more Claudette. Yeah, yep. And also so we can get more of uh, Mary-Kate's sultry voice, which is just... Yes. Not a thing that's in all of the things. In any of the things. Very little of the things. I think it might be in some Kissing in the Rain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There might be a character in Kissing in the Rain, another shipwrecked short series, although that's a series. Yes. Uh, and very short. And each of the episodes are very short. Yes. But I think she might have used it in A Kissing in the Rain. And even that... I didn't mean all of them. I just meant... (laughs) No, I mean that's the only thing I can think of. Like, she played how many characters in Kissing in the Rain? And I think, like, one One of of them them. had, like, sultry. (laughs) Sultry. I'm not allowed to do that. (laughs) No, you're not. No. I've uh, I've also watched Gilded Lily and basically not watched it. And yeah. treated it like a radio show. Yeah. So I'm forgetting who it was, but whoever did the sound design on that, kudos. Because most movies, good, 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 good. they just don't have the right amount of sound. Or yeah. either there's so many background sounds that it feels like you need to watch to figure out what's happening. Yeah. Or there's not enough and it feels like people are teleporting. Um, but between the, we're going to change the scene music and the level of background stuff that's yeah. going on. I genuinely feel like I'm listening to a radio broadcast yeah. if I don't watch. Yeah. Which is really pretty cool. And also, I would love it if they would release it as like a single podcast episode just so I could have it forever. <gasps> yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I would download The Case of the Gilded Lily audio only. Yeah. And listen to it in my car. That sounds like a great idea. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> I want it. Yeah, that is that is something I, I would pay five ninety nine for. I would not pay more than five ninety nine, I'm gonna be honest, but I would pay five ninety nine for that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is a strictly five ninety nine price and I would do that. For the audio only for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I would also like to say the bloopers are also great. The bloopers are great. I enjoy very deeply the shipwrecked bloopers. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. much more R rated than the shipwrecked like shipwrecked uh projects and those mm-hmm. the the actual like the product shows and yeah product that is the word product mm-hmm. <laughs> they're a lot more r-rated but they're hilarious and they're great mm-hmm. which i think is really smart i saw a thing by yeah. it was an olin rogers tweet that was basically like if you have to use big kid language you're not a good writer right um which i think is kind of a broad statement but it's basically like if you're up and coming, like, be cautious about over-narrowing your audience. Right. And I think that's really smart. Now, of course, Tin Can, who they collaborate with all the time, is super R-rated. Yeah. But it works. But, like, that's fine. 
And, like, it doesn't say you are a bad writer for using, bi- like, big kid language. Because mm-hmm. that's totally fine. And, like, sometimes it just makes it... It just... It does the thing sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the mm-hmm. trademark thing. Capital T mm-hmm. thing. And, like, it's enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> also, I feel like it's a good idea to keep things uh, slightly cleaner if you're planning on doing direct to screen as yeah. opposed to, um, like, filming a stage production. Yeah. Just on the basis of you want the widest possible audience. Yeah. Whereas if it's starting off on stage, ticket sales. Hey, you. They exist at all. Yeah. <laughs> they exist even a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, and sometimes it is a little bit. Yeah. But they do exist. So yeah. that's nice. Yeah. But uh, the little bits about things breaking in Ford's office. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know I love me some everybody's trying to act natural, but something uh, really weird just happened. Like, yeah. you know that is my comic jam. Love it. <laughs> and this film really goes for it. Ford Phillips? I don't know what to tell you. That's just how you say it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's that nice blend of clever and also like, wait, that joke is not clever. Like that's that's just <laughs> that's that's the easy hit. But it's well timed. That's better than going for yeah. like the really hard clever joke. Like yeah. the cookie jar is funny because you're not expecting a cookie jar, not because yeah. it's like a spark of genius, which is what makes it so smart. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like it's an, whoa, <laughs> that cookie dart, <laughs> the cookie dart is great. <laughs> <laughs> that cookie jar is deep, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hungry Heidi's hella deep. Excuse me, it's hecka. <laughs> Hungry Heidi's hecka deep. <laughs> watched Lady Bird yesterday and I got hella tight stuck in my head. Oh, well, you know, we could string together the worst sentence ever. No, no, no. So in the supercut of that thing you do, which made it not a real film, but a mini movie, that awesome music group is hella tight once they speed up the song. You can't see it, but Rory had to lean a full foot and a half back away from her mic. (laughs) And I'm looking at the audio (laughs) file, and it's definitely still there. Uh, Why? Because Hungry Heidi's hecka deep. (laughs) I make mistakes. (laughs) That's fine. And, uh, yeah, Gilded Lily is... So funny and so fun and so happy tributes are my favorite. Like parody tributes where you're like, no, but I love this thing. I'm making fun of it because it's my fave, not because I hate it. Yeah. And also, what a clean transition. Postmodern jukebox. Doing the same thing. Hey, hey. That was a great transition. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Go. Go you. (laughs) In case anyone's wondering, we pick the things ahead of time. It's just whoever can make the transition <laughs> But we have a sp- like a sheet ahead of time of what we pick. Well, and yeah. It's what? <laughs> Things don't just magically become, gr- like, fit together. <laughs> fit together. Like the noir type of stuff, or like that era, this era type of stuff, or like mental I- issues. 
to Pure Pure Also Dirty, which was episode one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, and uh, post-secular part one, which was episode, hey. the one with screw tape in it. The episode last one. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was last week's. It's been a week. It's been such it, a week. It has been a week. <laughs> but here's how postmodern jukebox and shipwrecks yes. come together in case you're like, what? Uh, hmm? So Gilded Lily is very much kind of going off of the noir film genre and really tributing it well, but also parodying it by putting a ton of yeah. sort of modern humor sensibilities. The modern equivalent of slapstick, I feel like, is a cookie jar. <laughs> like, it's more yeah. like weird props as yeah. opposed to weird hits. Yeah. Um, and they do a good mix of that. Postmodern Jukebox is taking current hits or hits... Um, that are fairly recent and putting them into significantly older styles. So yeah. like swing versions of songs, twenties versions of songs, James Bond versions. I love them all. <laughs> Let's go to the postmodern jukebox uh, songs and see There's just so many of them. Just some titles. Just some what you did. Also creep is like my favorite. Oh, that's a good one. I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> I respect and also the video. Yeah. Like, I love the video because it's it's like how uh, Change of Scene was sung. Like, this mm-hmm. gorgeous dress. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, super classy. And it's just in front of a mic with the band behind mm-hmm. and, like, uh, kind of around her. It's great. <laughs> I like it. A lot. It is so good. Um, I think their cover of Rude is my favorite. Yeah. Um, no, I lied. My favorite is the Kenton Chen James Bond style version of "Look What You Made Me Do." Yeah, that I also um, <laughs> "Final Countdown." I love the trumpet or the, the that instrument in "Final Countdown." It's great. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. Their "Bye Bye Bye" cover is a surf rock cover yes. with a very enthusiastic tambourine player. That video is worth watching eight hundred times. Oh my gosh! Yes, 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 yes. Um, yes. Also, oh, I fr- Mr. Brightside. <gasps> yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> also, the uh, the postmodern jukebox version of Mr. Brightside is the only song I can think of when I read The Big Sleep. Like, it is the song that's <laughs> in my head the whole time. It's just Philip Marlowe. Dang it! <laughs> <laughs> just, oh. well, is that not the plot of The Big Sleep? The plot of Mr. Bl- Brightside? <laughs> I'm just mad that I didn't figure it out. Well, I was trying to make a Big Sleep playlist, but I didn't have enough PMJ songs that would fit. I was also being lazy about it, but I think I could, right. you know, eventually. Um, Jolene, their cover of Jolene is yeah. really good. Um, but they're very clever with what they change things to. Mm. They have the old school country version of Anaconda. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is hilarious. I love so it. <laughs> it's so incorrect and so perfect. Uh, their um, Motown version of Such Great Heights is just a yeah. genuinely good song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. both holding our phones out in front of us, just shaking them at each other, like, remember that this song yeah. exists? Yeah. I, I try not to download, like, all of them, because then I will download all of them. So I try to be very selective in the ones that I do download. But, yeah, such great heights and uh, creep are some of them are the two that I actually have downloaded because mm-hmm. I listen to them a lot. I have slightly less discipline than that. 
No, but that I makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, fair. But I think, I don't think I have a ton, a ton. Yeah. Like, it's not more than 20. Yeah. And they've been putting out videos basically every week for five years. So you can pretty much find a postmodern jukebox version of anything. I lied, and I feel like an idiot. My absolute favorite postmodern jukebox, hands down, no question, bad romance. Done. Yeah. <laughs> like, they're all great, uh, and all the ones I named are great, but the bad romance, the original bad yeah. romance one with the tap dancing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that's great. That, mm, that's amazing. It's so good, and Lady Gaga actually knows how to compose, and so the song yeah. has embedded in it a lot of interesting stuff that he was able yeah. to bring out. Some of the songs I'm sometimes like, wow, you really had to work to find the music in there. Good work. Good work. Good job. But Good, uh, good job. But not, not bad romance, and I'm just like, I'm gonna die. Yeah. I want to be cool. Beautiful. Yeah, that fine line between playful tribute and parody. I like it when things live on that line. Yeah. Except a little campsite. <laughs> Pack <laughs> out their trash. <laughs> oh, love the line. That's the best place to be. What a good line. Mm -hmm. What a good boy. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Good, good boy. And, uh, and PMJ is not limited to one era. It's just limited to the past. Like, yeah. they don't do anything. I want to say post, like, 70s. Yeah. I feel. Yeah, I think that's what it was. More or less, um, as that far as I can right. remember. Just because, eh. Because, why? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and uh, and a lot of, some styles of music have not changed dramatically. Yeah. Really, all of those songs where you're like, there's no chords in this, this can't be music. Postmodern Jukebox gets their hands they into it. They make it music! <laughs> Scott Bradley's great. I feel like it's another one of those things that I can listen to while I'm doing, like, anything. Like homework. Mm -hmm. I can listen to that while I'm writing a paper. Yeah, yeah. Postmodern jukebox makes me feel smart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. I can do things, guys, I swear. And also, like, I'm in on a joke. Like, I feel yeah. like I'm in on the joke. <laughs> yeah. But maybe that's what I like about Shipwrecked also. That I feel like I'm in on the joke instead yeah. of feeling like they're trying to, I don't know, tell a joke that, like, I'm not smart enough for. Right. Like I'm like, oh, I get this one. I got I that understand, one. I understand. I understand. I understand. It's because I'm smart, okay? I'm a smart person. I'm intelligent. <laughs> I swear. Uh, <laughs> I've discovered this voice. I don't know when, but I did. I don't like it. <laughs> Can we make it go away? <laughs> <laughs> and that was Corey. <laughs> Bye, Corey. <laughs> Uh, what did I discover yesterday that I could do kazoo sounds with my mouth? Yeah, let's not do that on this podcast. I won't. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm nice. Mm -hmm. So, is there anything else you want to add about any of our three wonderful uh, media of the week? That is correct. Media is plural. Yep. Mm -hmm. It Good period <laughs> yep to all of our <laughs> wonderful patient listeners the big sleep by raymond chandler the case of the gilded lily uh, available on youtube produced by shipwrecked comedy and postmodern jukebox also available on youtube it good period. and itunes it good mm. it good 
Mm-hmm. Period. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. So, wreck of the week. You have one? I do, I do, <laughs> I do. And I also have news. Uh-oh. That I managed to keep news uh, for two hours. So, go me. Um, so, oh. today... Oh! <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> let's go then. Uh, no, I, I, it's that I took your wreck and downloaded Dear Wormwood and listened to oh, it in its yeah. entirety twice. Oh, yeah. Oh! Well, <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I was listening. That's new. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I got it today and I was like, I want to, it was really, really good. And I was like, oh, this is, this is amazing. And I'm so happy. Um, so I was listening to it and I was like, okay, okay. If this is Rory's jam, then I can recommend an album that I've never recommended. Like I've, I think I've pulled a couple songs for playlists. Right. But it's all crazy. It's all false. It's all a dream. It's all right. Oh. By me without you. Oh. Um, which is similar. It's older. Um, Dear Wormwood, I I think, is 2015 or something. Yeah, that sounds about right. And this one's 2007. Um, Mm -hmm. I think, if it's not the guy for me without you, it's that style. Mm -hmm. Uh, No Friend on After Laughter, that vocal style. Right, okay. Um, But it's super cool folk music, a little less Mm -hmm. band-oriented and a little more ballad-oriented. Mm-hmm. And it's so cool. They have an entire song about how beetles, the bug, yeah. can't figure out what fire is. And so each of them oh. go <laughs> and try to find out what fire is. And by the end of it, you are crying about a beetle. Oh, honey. <laughs> and that, that's definitely, <laughs> definitely the car song for sure. Uh, but yeah. it's all crazy. It's all false. It's all a dream. It's all right by me without you. Me without you is one word. Okay. Yeah. And it's good to know. It's a whole album. It's available all the places. I have two wrecks of the week. Every week. One is a word. <laughs> Excellent. It is a new word that me, and I'm giving credit here, Chloe Chin uh, made up today because of this really, her um, film class book, the book she's reading for film class, textbook. Is kind of really extra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like the writing style is very extra. But one of the one of the sentences or <laughs> quotation marks sentences <laughs> mm-hmm. is there's no official name for the emerging genre that places anthropomorphized celebrity voiced animals in straightforward goal driven plots that speak to children's fears of, among other things, parental abandonment. And, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, that's just one of the sentences. I'm in physical shock. Please say your words so that I can complain for a minute. It's, uh, parental abandonment. <laughs> abandonment. Abandonment is that genre. So if you ever watch Dumbo or Pinocchio, I think is another one that you can count. Um, Rio, mm-hmm. apparently that's another one. And somebody asks you what the genre is. It is parental abandonment, or just abandonment, if you please. Yeah. No, it, it's it's the writers That's are so extra. <laughs> I mean, I understand that there's no name for that genre specifically, but that genre has been around for two hundred years. Yeah. I'm not one hundred percent sure we need a name. Like yeah, no. 
are not most of Aesop's fables also animals going through stuff? Abandonment. Oh, good. Just saying. It's a wreck of the week. You don't have to take the recommendation. (laughs) Are you recommending that we start using that word or recommending that we write the textbook people and say, we found it? Uh, Just use the word. She wrote it in her textbook so that whoever gets it next Mm. has to read the word abandonment next to that sentence. And she also put it in the glossary. (laughs) I'm not sure the textbook writers are the only people who are extra here, but I'll take that wreck. What's your other one? What's your what's your longer wreck? Well, I am interested in like scientific and medical books quite most of the time. So, I don't really want to and we aren't going to go over those types of books in this podcast, really. And a book that I really enjoyed in that territory was The Brain: The Story of You by David Eagleman. And it's really good. It's, I feel like you don't have to be super, like, interested in the subject to either understand it or, like, like the book. It's Mm -hmm. pretty good. And he has, like, he's kind of funny at some points. And he's very good at explaining things. And it's a lot of, like, case studies and explaining, like, these simple things Mm -hmm. in very simple ways. And it makes me really kind of happy to, like, I was rereading a little bit of it the other day. And he's just so excited to be in this field. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like he's like, guys, like this is so cool. Yeah. Like, do you know that? Do you know that what is happening in here? This is our brains. Yeah, I I read that entire book, and I am. Uh, we're both academics. Rory and I yeah. are both very into academia, um, at different levels because that's how life works. But uh, science is not my field. Mm-hmm. Uh, not mainly like I only have a passing interest in neuroscience and and I'm interested but I'm not like down 100% of the time I, I won't slog through the boring stuff and I not only made it through this book but I made it through it quickly and I really thoroughly enjoyed it yeah I read this in one night yeah and I, it was great it took me longer than that but not that right is not uh, a detriment I I can definitely say that uh that Rory's science books wrecks are pretty much on point because uh, both of us have really strong words about people that try to make a subject that is fascinating and detailed and intricate boring. Yeah. The strong feeling is don't. Stop it. (laughs) It's interesting. I just, I want to read the first paragraph in the introduction. Please do. Because brain science is a fast-moving field, it's rare to step back to view the lay of the land, to work out what our studies mean for our lives, to discuss in a plain and simple way what it means to be a biological creature. This book sets out to do that. <laughs> the next the next like paragraph's first line is brain science matters. <laughs> Guys, the strange computational material in our skulls is the per- perceptual machinery by which we navigate the world the stuff from which decisions arise the material from which imagination is forged (laughs) he just sounds so excited and like i want to read a book from an author that's just so excited to be here and in this field like Mm -hmm. it is of the of the books i have read um in that wheelhouse including in my own subject right this is top five book like oh one of my favorite this is my favorite quote i think Mm -hmm. i could be wrong but 
You become who you are not because of what grows in your brain, but because of what is removed. Ooh. Ooh, remember last week? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> our best work is done by keeping things out? Yeah. Go. Awesome. Go, 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 go. I just, I like it. And he, he explains all the science stuff, and then he, like, kind of ends it with a quote mm-hmm. that's kind of just great. It's just a great can apply to even if you're not talking about like the medical side of it i just i really enjoy it i like it a lot and you don't have to be super interested in medicine and stuff to enjoy it it's just kind of like an overview and like hey so if you want to know this is kind of like a you know you know (laughs) yeah i mean (laughs) you don't have to be a geologist or a biologist to watch planet earth and you don't have to be a neuroscientist to enjoy uh david eagleton's book so i like it Eagleman. Eagleman, sorry. You're good. Um, I do have another correction. I indicated perhaps on accident, I did not get called out for it, and I'm going to make sure that I don't, mm. uh, that Dr. Diana Glyer does not have a doctorate. Mm. Dr. Diana Glyer has a PhD, and right. uh, she also wrote my favorite academic textbook ever, or academic text. Yeah. So there's that. So there's yeah. my correction uh, for the week. And also Correction of the week. <laughs> I somehow what managed to forget how to say the sanctioned death of the newborn sons every single time. <laughs> so that's the other correction of the week. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all I got. Hey. Okay. Do you want to say the magical two words that will make the music start? I do. Okay, 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 okay. <coughs> <coughs> Roll credits! <laughs> Our theme song is Downtown Love by Reese from ZP. It's okay to be sad, and we love having theme music to use. The entire ZP. EP is great. Yes, awesome. it's all great. This podcast is produced and edited by Heidi. Both Heidi and Lori do pre production by reading and watching and listening to all the things. If you're enjoying Spoilers Ahead, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and as always, read ahead. Mm hmm. We're not telling you what you're reading, though, so good luck. (laughs) Mind powers. Telepathy. Something. Okay, bye. (laughs) 